BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. All right, uh, coming up in uh, 15 minutes or thereabouts, uh, another keyword for your chance to win a thousand dollars you just enter it at the website kfiam640.com and find out if you're a winner now uh yesterday was at this time wasn't it we had dr it was jeffrey, dr klausner dr yeah. jeffrey klausner is on explaining how monkey pox works how it transmits how you can get it uh what the symptoms are like and uh, today we are going to talk with matt ford matt ford wrote a piece in uh newsweek.com uh Headline, I have monkeypox. This is what it's really like. And uh, he only a few hours ago had the isolation order lifted from his uh, <laughs> from himself. Uh, we're going to talk to him about that, but I guess uh, we'll find out what that means now that he's not under uh, order, court-ordered isolation. Matt, how are you? Hey there. I'm doing uh, much better now. Thanks for asking, and thank you for having me. There really was a court order to keep you inside? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Department of Public Health issued a court-ordered stay-at-home order uh, that was, like, enforceable. I think it's like a misdemeanor if you break it or something. Yeah. And, and so now what? You can go out anywhere you want? Yeah. Now I can just, you know, keep living my life like a normal person. <laughs> All right. Let, let's go back to the beginning. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I suppose you probably heard vaguely in the news that monkeypox was out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it was kind of just this vague thing I'd heard or read reports about that, you know, there were outbreaks in the UK and it was potentially spreading to the US. But I didn't really think of it as anything that directly affected me or something I should be worried about. And that uh, that obviously changed very quickly. And what was the first sign? Um, so, yeah, my situation was unique in that I got a call that alerted me uh, that I had been exposed. So I kind of knew from the get-go that it probably was monkeypox. But the first symptoms I noticed that showed up were uh, the lesions, the telltale lesions. And what did the lesions look like? They kind of just look like blisters or like massive whiteheads. You know, they're, they're like a big red 
uh, they can almost look like a pimple at first, but then they expand and they get larger. And yeah, they, they look almost like a, like a blister or like, um, I would imagine what chicken pox looks like similar. And, and where did they show up? They showed up everywhere. I mean, uh, I had some on my face, arms, legs, feet, uh, torso, and more sensitive areas. I mean, it was all across my body. If you were to put a number on it, how many do you think? I mean, I, I tried to count at one point, and it was uh, t- over 25, 25 plus. 25 plus uh, scattered all over your body. Yeah. And did they hurt? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it kind of varied depending on where they were. You know, the more sensitive the skin, the more painful they were. So the more sensitive areas, it could, it was excruciating to the point that, you know, I had to be prescribed narcotic painkillers just to be able to sleep. Um, and then, you know, in, in less sensitive areas, it was at best still like, you know, itchy and irritating. Yeah. Did they, you know, they, they were itchy, huh? But I guess you. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because they go through. You know, you have to. They become these blisters, and then in order for them to heal and for you to be considered recovered, they have to burst and then scab over, and then the scab has to fall off, and there has to be like fresh, smooth skin underneath. So you have to wait for all of them to do that before you're considered healed. It just seems like it would drive you insane if you've got itching, hurting pox all over the body and in insensitive areas, your arms, your legs, your feet. I mean, that would just, you wouldn't know where to, where to sit, how to move, where to scratch. I, that was, it's insanity. Yeah. You're telling me there were, there were multiple days I wasn't even uh, able to work. You know, I work from home at my desk, but it was just so much and pain and irritation and managing the symptoms. You know, there were whole days I was just laying in bed trying to get through it. What other symptoms? Uh, yeah, so flu-like symptoms come with it as well. You know, um, the first lesions that showed up, I didn't even really feel them. I kind of had to, like, check myself to even notice them. Uh, and then very quickly after the flu-like symptoms hit, so I had, you know, a cough, sore throat, uh, full-body chills, a fever. I was having night sweats, you know, sweating through my sheets. Um, that lasted for a good, like, five to seven days. And oh. kind of as those, yeah. On yeah, top it's, of the lesions. layers of this. Yeah, on top of the lesions. It was it was kind of like an inverted timeline. Like, as the flu-like symptoms were starting to lighten up, more lesions were appearing and becoming larger. Jeez. Yeah, you probably were, were rooting for coronavirus rather than the monkeypox. I mean, this, uh, yeah, no kidding. And timeline there's, included. There's no treatment for this? So there is, but it's really hard to get. There's this, um, you know, there are a few antivirals that treat it, primarily one called, I think it's pronounced Tecoviramat, um, but it's it's really difficult to get. I only have a few friends who have been successful in getting prescribed it who have monkeypox because um, there's all this red tape around it with the CDC to be prescribed it, and it's really, really cumbersome for the medical provider to do it. It takes, like, hours of paperwork. So until that red tape issue was cleared up people are just having to treat the symptoms and not really able to get antivirals that treat the actual virus if you have an outbreak and the government wants to stop the outbreak why why is there a red tape on one of the few drugs that might work Uh, your guess is as good as mine i don't don't understand any of this no and they're even having trouble getting the vaccines to people i guess yeah i'm not going to sugarcoat it every aspect of it has kind of been a mess like, there are all these vaccines for it that are stuck in Denmark because uh, allegedly the FDA didn't inspect them in time. Uh, you know, there are lags in testing because there aren't enough tests. So providers aren't even sure if people have monkeypox when they think they do. And the treatment isn't readily available. It's just like 
on all fronts, it's uh, it's pretty rough. What was the lowest point? The lowest point was probably when you know I was in so much pain about halfway through that I wasn't able to sleep at night, so I was already sleep deprived and just in so much pain that the only thing that would really help was Epsom salt baths. So you know I would be taking three to five Epsom salt baths throughout the night. So it'd be like, you know, 4.30 a.m. and I'm sitting in a bath trying to get some semblance of peace to go to sleep. And that was a, that was a pretty dark moment, literally and figuratively. <laughs> and you want people to know, I guess, it's not just sexual contact. You can get the skin to skin? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a pretty big um, misunderstanding about it that might be fueling some stigma. I mean, yes, it obviously can spread through sex, and we're seeing that, but it's not just spread through that. It can be skin-to-skin contact. If somebody doesn't know they have it and they have a lesion and they touch you, that can spread it, as well as, you know, if you touch a contaminated surface and any kind of fluid spreads, uh, including respiratory droplets. You know, in prior iterations of this, where it's endemic in Africa, it's been listed, according to the CDC, as being airborne through droplets. So it doesn't spread the same way as COVID in that regard, but you know, not as easily, but, uh, you know, if you're in close contact with someone and, you know, they spit on you or whatever, and they have a lesion in their mouth, that could, that could in theory transmit it. I have a friend who think he thinks he got it, uh, from making out with someone. What? Uh, uh, boy, a few months ago, you never thought you'd know this much about monkeypox, did you? I, I did not. <laughs> so they send a court order where they mail it to you, or you get a messenger at the door saying you're not allowed to leave your, your home. Yeah, so I've been in touch with the department since I got the call, which was on Friday, June 17th. And then my test finally came back positive a week later, but I already knew I had it. And uh, and that day, yeah, they sent me this, like, two-part email system that was kind of complicated that I had to open from the court. And it said, basically, until they deemed me recovered, I had to isolate and stay at home. Um, and, yeah, just today I went back to the department and got inspected, and they cleared me legally. They sent me another little email. All your lesions gone, or are they in a state of uh, they're they're not capable of uh, being contagious? So the lesions themselves are gone, like they've all scabbed and fallen off, and there's smooth skin there. There is some residual redness where they were, like you can easily see where they were just from you know the skin still having to fix that pigmentation, I guess. But uh, but yeah, the bumps themselves are gone. Wow. And there's no scabbing here, or scarring, right? Um, I mean, scabbing, yeah, that's, but scarring, no. Well, it, it can. TBD for me, you know, I've heard reports of people getting scars from it. I'm trying to get ahead of that if I can, but, um, you know, I have to wait in, until the pigmentation fades to see if I got any scars. They, they said there's a low percentage of death in monkeypox. Were you, were you uh, getting paranoid at, you know, in the dark in your Epsom bath at three in the morning that this thing might kill you? <laughs> I was never worried it would kill me, per se, because in, um, in more developed areas, that seems to be a pretty low risk, you know, with the quality of healthcare. I did become very seriously concerned at one point that I would have to be hospitalized due to the pain and fluids and just, like, being able to sleep and function. Wow. Well, I'm glad yeah. you're uh, feeling better and coming out of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's... Thanks nice for... to be on the other side now. That's what I'm telling people. It's, you know, if you get it, try to keep in mind that it's a temporary condition and you will be on the other side of it. All right, well, thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, thanks for chatting about it and spreading the word. I'm glad there's some uh, awareness being raised. All right, Matt All right, Ford that's... there. 
Yeah, that's Matt Ford who uh, agreed to talk to us. He's gone public with his uh, case of uh, monkeypox. It uh, was quite an ordeal, as you've heard him describe the physical conditions that come with that. All right. You just got to wait for it to puss up and burst out and drop off. And, <laughs> and scab. And... I was trying to think of it as like, I don't remember if I chicken pox for I mean, obviously pox, pox is similar to that. A pox somewhere. is a pox. A pox on you. All right, your chance at some money, $1,000, keyword next. Johnny can't KFI. Well, the video proof has been provided. It's the Uvalde, Texas school shooting, which took the lives of 19 students. We'll talk about it in a moment, but here you go. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Grand. That's grand. G-R-A-N-D. Enter it now at KFIAM640.com slash cash. Powered by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you're hurt in an accident, winning is everything. Call the winning attorneys at Sweet James. 800-500-5200. That's 800-500-5200 or SweetJames.com. If you win, you'll get an email saying you win. And also check your <laughs> junk and spam folder uh, because sometimes it falls in there. Listen to the KFIM 640 uh, radio station for the winning keyword every weekday from 9 in the morning to the 5 o'clock hour at night. Next opportunity to win, 520 here on KFI. So a newspaper called the Austin American Statesman out of Texas has gotten hold of video. It's video that was taken by witnesses, and it's also surveillance video from inside the school. This is the Uvalde, Texas school shooting that happened at Robb Elementary School, and it took the lives of 19 students and a couple of teachers uh, back on May 24th. And it is everything that we heard it is. What you're going to see is actually the gunman walking in the hallway with his weapon, looking around, trying to find a place. He finally finds a couple of classrooms where he begins to open fire, but of course, the shocking part is that police officers, and eventually there's lots of them that arrive, they just stand in the hallway outside. It was a full 77 minutes. And what you're seeing them do is sometimes they check their phones. Sometimes they used hand sanitizer. And in one instance, when Ramos fired some of his rounds at the children, they retreat. One even runs down the hallway and kind of hides. Wow. That's is this the worst police force in American history? I This is hard to believe. It's survival instinct, but when you're a police officer, no, you're no. supposed to save people no. and have a little less of a survival instinct. You run into trouble. You run to save people. Otherwise, don't don't even... Why would you take the job? Go make sandwiches. I I don't know. I, I Again, Rob Ramos entered this school at 11.33 a.m. He was not killed until 12.50 p.m. There's your 77 minutes. That's how it unfolded. That is a long time. And, and they got I mean, there pretty quickly. And again, it was the Border Patrol agents who eventually ran into the classroom and shot him dead. Not these police officers that were there for the full 77 minutes. That, really I hard mean, to believe. I mean, imagine like... This lawsuit is going to be huge. I don't know how they're even going to... Yeah. It should bankrupt the town. Yeah, I, I mean, gonna, you know, insurance companies will pay whatever they can pay. Uh, but, you know, you can't replace all these lives. I... I, 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 I'm just shocked that all of the cops would do that. Uh, all of them. And they, they knew there were children dead and dying in there. It is the strangest reaction I've ever seen. Yeah. I, all of them? It's kind of eerie to watch this video. It's like one of those cameras at the top of the ceiling there. And you do see Ramos. That's the killer 
walking down the hallway very calmly, brushing back his hair. He eventually enters classrooms 111 and 112, begins opening fire. Three minutes later, you see the first officers arriving. They entered the school minutes after the gunman. Minutes after. At first, it's just a couple of them, but eventually there's a whole team there and they look like SWAT people. They've got all the weapons. They've got all of the, you know, armor that they put on. Still nothing. It says here, long guns, tactical gear, a ballistic shield. But they stayed a safe distance away. And time just ticks by as they stand there. I, Apparently, some of them start checking maps. Maybe trying to figure out another way in. Because as we learned later, it looks like that door was never locked to that classroom. I'm, I'm looking, again, at, at some of this. I just randomly picked a spot. And I just watched them, and they move from one side of the hallway to the other. The other. The guys time. Look, the guys look left. They look right. You know, the guy they, actually uh, uses the hand sanitizer that's planted in the hallway. Yeah, well, you don't want to catch COVID. No, uh, you wouldn't. It's, These are it, apparently mostly Uvalde police officers, and, from what I'm reading. And, and they're looking. All they're doing is looking. Yeah, they're looking. <laughs> it's almost like they're waiting, like they're a security escort. They're just waiting for a celebrity to leave the room so they can take him back to his car. Yeah, That's how much they're just killing time. Seventy-seven minutes. Like, like, like if we, like if we walked into the school right now at four twenty-seven, we'd be in there till about quarter to six, not doing anything. The thing we don't know absolutely is how many kids could have been saved if they charged right in there, because you know he enters. Well, I mean, start shooting. But. We, we, we know that some of the kids are still alive because the, yeah. girl, the girl called in in the middle of it and said, there's people alive in here. And they may have been shot. And then at some point, he started firing more bullets at the kids. Yeah, there's a report here that at 12.03 p.m., they had 19 cops in the hallway and a kid from the room called 911 at uh, 12.10 p.m. saying that the, there's multiple dead, but there's nine students alive at least. You know, it's so... Weird to watch this because when we heard the story, we were all saying, well, what were they doing? Just standing around? And then you see the video, and yeah, they were just standing around. Yeah, now the police chief, this Pete Arredondo, has said he thought that the room was barricaded by the gunmen. It would have taken more equipment for them to smash their way in. What is this? We thought this. We thought that. Don't you go in there to just go in there and save lives and do the best you can? What is this? He was waiting on a committee? It was waiting for like one of those big door buster vehicles? I don't know. I have no, no idea. There's really no, no explaining this. There is no explaining this. Well, they weren't even talking to each other, so he wouldn't even know if there was something coming or not. But it's funny. It's like, periodically, they just have their rifles up, and they're pointing down the hallway. They're ready to go. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. All right, the Moist Line is coming back in three days. We take your messages on the iHeartRadio app. That's the microphone you can use to talk back to the show. You can always call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86. 1-877-664-7886. In a moment, we're going to play you some really disturbing audio. You talk about people that hate the police. How about like a two-year-old? But first, John Cobelt's going to pop a cork. He's going to mm. think I'm making this up. We told you earlier in the show that Governor Dippity Doo has returned to California defending his trip to Montana mm. by basically uh, diverting the issue over to the fact that 
this was a personal trip. We didn't use any state funds, but he did bring security. Yeah, he did use state funds. He's he's lying. Uh, uh, he, he's he's lying, and then admits to the lie in the middle of in the middle of it. I don't know how to explain it, but you got to follow. Well, his, they, they his carved wording. out an exception, right, right to this rule right. about so, no state travel or official travel to states on the banned list. It, but he says they carved out an exception for for security reasons. Right. So his his uh, patrolmen that he takes for security, they are being paid with state tax funds. So he arranged, you know, for the carve out so he could go to Montana and spend state tax money while at the same time banning all other state spending to Montana well, um, over, you know, nobody even knows what the issue is. He's off again. He is leaving the state. He is going to Washington, D.C. He's getting an award. <laughs> An award. An award for education. <laughs> well, I could have gone either way. Anger or, or mocking laughter. Well, oh, the guy who uh, closed uh, all the big city schools for a year and a half? He's it's getting an award for education? The Education Commission of the States that's recognizing <laughs> that California is on track to establish universal pre-K classes for all four-year-olds by the year 2025. That's what the award is for. Boy, that is a nothing burger there, huh? It really is. I mean, who cares? I have no idea, but he's going to meet with Biden administration I, officials, what? congressional leaders, members of the California delegation. He wants a little uh, media coverage. They, there, there was a, there was However, a... Biden won't be there. Biden's going to the Middle East. There was a story today, I, I heard it on the radio driving in, I think on one of the cable channels, about how far behind the kids are who had their school locked down for a year and a half. Like yeah, I Los saw Angeles. a special story on Latino children, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Latino parents are reporting it's terrible. Most of the, the students in Los Angeles are Latino. Most of them are minority. I think over 80% are minority, and most of the minorities are Latino. And right. those kids are way behind. Everybody else who did go to school in all the suburban districts or in the private schools during the lockdown. And that was all on, on Newsom. And, and he was paid off by the state teachers union and the local unions to shut up and uh, not embarrass them and not force the issue. He's the one who created the state of an emergency, and he could have ended this whole uh, uh, fiasco in five minutes if he'd gotten up and, say, and said something. But he was bought out by the unions— and they screwed the children over so badly, really badly. I mean, criminally. I, I, it's, it's shocking. And when you hear how far behind they are and how difficult it is for them to catch up, they, most of the kids really did nothing. There was no Zoom school, really. There were, there were, the, the kids weren't, weren't connected. The teachers didn't do very much. There was no education going on for these kids, even if they were connected. I mean, I can't get over how that happened. It came, it went, and it hardly caused a ripple. And you realize how just disgustingly corrupt, you know, our state is. That's a shame. And it's all, it's all the kids that they claim to care about. Now we take you to Minneapolis, St. Paul, of course, Minnesota, Minneapolis was the scene of the death of George Floyd back in 2020 that began that uh, 
horrible summer of violence around the country. And well, uh, the reason that's significant is because this does involve the police. A news outfit called Alpha News has released a video, which is almost hard to believe. Police officers were arriving in a neighborhood to serve a murder warrant to a man that they were looking for. But that's not the story. The story is that um, there was a number of people that gathered, including a young child who's probably barely three. All he's got on is underwear. What you're going to hear, and it's a lot of curse words, he decides to taunt and verbally abuse the police officers. They particularly picked on a police officer who was black. Here we go. So you got a little black kid yelling at a black police officer. And nobody's wearing any pants, these little kids, three years old, the most. Nobody's wearing any tops. Nobody's wearing any shoes. He's screaming, shut up, B-word, at the officer, telling him to shut the F up, and then made fun of his ugly-ass shoes. His ugly-ass church shoes. Um, Yeah, he's wearing nothing but little tidy whiteies, but they're actually like a blue... So, patterned. so, so it's it, it's three years old. What do you think this and guy? He hits the cops at least three times. Oh yeah, in this clip. Yeah, he, he gives him a slap. Him. Yeah. Now, uh, you heard somebody in the background call that uh, police officer is black. I think he called him a deep fried Oreo head. There was another word after that that I had to bleep. Oh, uh, I, 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 it's just they astonishing. also threw rocks according to the clip. No, no matter how many times you look at this thing. The police officers didn't lose their calm. They, some of them had uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. Uh, that they may have been part of that unit that came there. And uh, it's well, well, now where would you learn that kind of behavior and language? Whatever adults are in their homes. I mean, th- these yeah, kids have been programmed by some psychos. Who knows if it's their parents or boyfriends or who? I, you know, and 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 so they're replicating the behavior of the adults in their home. Yeah. Now, what are they going to be like when they're 13? A lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. And then we're going to hear about all kinds of excuses. and Sadly, a kid ex- like this probably ends up in trouble with gangs and violence. Oh, he's, and he's probably already doing When it. the police come, he wants to shoot. I mean, it's just it's a uh, terrible, terrible way to go. Uh, you know, they're down to 620 uh, officers in the city. Yeah, apparently Minneapolis-St. Paul is having a really bad time since I mean, this happened. Because if you even get abused by three-year-olds like this, and, and and you're kicked and slapped and you're called a bunch of names, it's like, why, why would you even show up? Even if you want to be a cop, there's a lot of places you could be a cop. You would. Why would you go here? Well, you hope you'd this shake is... it off because it's a three-year-old. You don't take no, it too but seriously. It, but it, but it, apparently it, some of the people in the no, background, older uh, kids were taunting the but cops, But that's what I'm too. saying. It shows you the culture of the neighborhood. If the three-year-olds are doing this... Oh, yeah. Why? If I was a cop, I'd never want to set foot in that neighborhood. God knows what the 19-year-olds are going to do to you. And they're all grown up in the same homes as the three-year-olds. Or they might be the parents of the three-year-olds. 
Sick stuff. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. All right, we start next hour in Vagrant World, a video that is really getting a lot of attention concerns some poor school students in San Francisco who have to walk through an incredible druggy homeless encampment to get off their transportation into their classroom. It is sick and disgusting, and you would think, well, I don't know, they tolerate anything in that city. And we'll talk about a huge fire in an Oakland homeless encampment that actually burned up a lot of RVs and cars. Wow. A routine uh, day in the Bay Area. No kidding. And we'll spend some time on uh, Jill Biden made the news. Not Joe, but Jill. 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 Uh, I don't know. Latinos are breakfast tacos. It's kind of an odd thing. <laughs> Can you believe that? Oh, that came out of her mouth. Was that on the teleprompter? I, I must have been a scripted line. I don't think she just blurted it out. It's weird. Uh, but now we take you uh, back to uh, can men get pregnant? Oh, boy. Can men have abortions? Yes. This, yes. Debate, this debate never ends. This debate that we bring you today is from the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, the man you're going to hear is U.S. Senator Josh Hawley, a Republican from Missouri. And the person you're going to hear talking to him, because I don't want to characterize her as a woman or a man, because that could be offensive, <laughs> is Berkeley Law Professor Kiara Bridges. Yeah. No, this goes into the Hall of Fame. You think this, so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When the archaeologists come through our ruins and they'll want to know what what are the uh, how the culture crumbled, they'll get a they'll get a copy of this tape and they'll be analyzing it. And you're going to hear the senator and the professor argue over um, over transgender people and abortion. Um yeah, like I said, I, who I, exactly gets pregnant, who exactly gets abortions? I, it becomes a thorny issue because of people that prefer to identify as a different gender, you see. Then it gets very yeah, tricky. I, you know what? You know what's amazing? Things you never heard of and never conceived of, maybe just a year ago, are now obsessively discussed 24 hours a day. And they're arguing about it in Congress. And it's all over television all the time. And it just it never occurred to me about you know men getting abortions. Right? How many times did that pop up in conversation? Um, and, and, and it feels like this is the only thing that's being discussed. Uh, well, I mean, technically, they would be women who identify as men getting abortions. That's that. That's that's a. You long... still have to have the right parts to to actually grow a fetus. So yeah. So it would have to be. <laughs> Go ahead. Women who identify as men. Give me a dissertation men. on this. Well, it's women who identify as men. <laughs> So they prefer you refer to them as a man, and therefore they're a man that gets an abortion. You get it? Yes, I, I get it. I understand the process. I know you do. All right, <laughs> let, let's listen in. Before, uh, I, I want to visit with you, Ms. Maskey, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity cis for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, We it's, can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? 
So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important Because of my line of questioning? Because so we can't talk about it? Because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist I'm denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can get <laughs> So you're pregnant. denying that trans people exist? Thank and that leads to violence? Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you? Absolutely. Or are they also treated like this? Where no, no, no. They're, they're told that to they're at opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Well, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a you, lot just I know. in this exchange. Absolutely. Extraordinary. Yep. So you're happy your kid's gotten into Berkeley and going to law school. And then this is one of the marquee professors. And you see how they have, uh, have have tried to put everybody in a box? You can't even question anything. You're immediately transphobic or, I mean, you could be racist, you could be homophobic, you could be sexist, right? All the words. And then if that doesn't work, then you say, well, you're, you're, you're opening people to violence. You're causing people to commit suicide. Because yeah, that's, that's a drastic turn. Yeah. Yeah, right, well, exactly, because the racism, transphobic stuff isn't working as well as it used to, right? Because we just heard it 10,000 times a day. So they have to up the ante. Now it's like, well, you know, just asking that question, you've killed people. You've opened them up to violence. They've killed themselves. And Holly's looking at her like, what? And see, so they create a situation where no one is allowed to talk about any of the issues. You can't question it. It's whatever they say. They say something, therefore it is. And this is if one you... of those ex exchanges where the woke people were probably applauding her and the people on the other side were applauding Hawley. It's just I, a, I think most, just... most people think like Hawley does. Well, I said the woke people applauded her. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, the thing is, do you, do you see that this is a cult, though? In cults, you can't question. You can't question the existence of God. You can't question the, the, the leaders of the cult movement. You're, you're not allowed, because if you do, you're, you're considered some kind of toxic person. I mean, Scientology is all based on that, that if you question the authorities out loud in front of other members, you've, you're committing some kind of sin, some kind of oppression. Yeah, the point he's making is just because I'm asking these questions doesn't mean I'm threatening people. Or well, of causing not. people harm. You're asking. When did asking, she, she jumps to the suicide stat? Because I'm like, really? they want to shut down conversation. It's, this is what's been going on for years, and they keep escalating and escalating. They want to shut down conversation. They don't want you to speak. They want to control what you say and what you think and the words you use and how you phrase your sentences and what you question and how you phrase the questions. This is just a, like cultural totalitarianism. All right, uh, we got more coming up. There's some stories on the homeless that you need to hear, along with Jill Biden getting into some trouble. John and Ken show, Deborah Mark has the news, KFI AM 640. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. 
And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173 or visit buylegacygold.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.